Welcome to Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire, where authors talk about things that never happened to people who don't exist. I'm your host, Mindy McGinnis. You can check out my books and social media at mindymcginnis.com and visit the Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire blog at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. Support the podcast through Patreon for weekly writing advice, query, and first page critiques, as well as exclusive episodes featuring agent and editor interviews. Visit patreon.com forward slash Mindy McGinnis to learn more. The Greatest Treasure, A Most Dangerous Magic Growing up with a traveling circus, Genevieve Flannery is accustomed to a life most teenagers could never imagine. But when her mother leaves behind a dangerous, magical legacy, it threatens to unravel everything and everyone Genevieve holds dear. Slight by Jennifer Summersby. Welcome to the September Roundup episode. I started this month by welcoming Megan Shepard, author of the Madman's Daughter trilogy and the upcoming Grim Lovelies. Megan joined me to talk about her process and how the spark of an idea can sometimes get lost during the execution. Also covered, writing trilogies versus standalones and why dark stories appeal to us. On September 10th, Fat Girl on a Plane author Kelly DeVos spoke about how her particular process of being a hardcore planner works to turn the spark of an idea into a novel. Also covered, the inspiration for her novel, a discussion of the fashion world and body acceptance, and how short stories can help you experiment with new ideas, characters, or methods. And September 17th brought Lauren Gibaldi, author of The Night We Said Yes, Autofocus, and This Tiny Perfect World, to the show. Lauren shared her story of landing her agent and how her process of being a panster can occasionally backfire, but nothing is ever wasted. Also covered how being a librarian has helped Lauren feel more connected to teens and benefited her writing career, as well as portraying artistic teens in fiction. Up next, fighting the need to make the first draft perfect. When RJ's soul is accidentally collected by a grim reaper, life after death is anything but peaceful. She's got one chance to change her past if she has any hope of getting back her future. But not everyone in the afterlife wants her to succeed. RJ becomes an unwilling pawn between an archangel with an agenda and death, who would rather catch a wave than help her out. It's a Wonderful Death by Sarah J. Schmidt. Twitter user Meg asked me a few weeks ago to talk about getting past the need to make your first draft perfect. She said it's one of her biggest roadblocks and a source of great frustration. Yep, I get that. There's a word for first drafts. Shitty. Seriously, every author I know refers to the initial incarnation of their work as the shitty first draft. It sucks. It's supposed to suck. That's okay. I know it's easy to say and harder to accept, so I'm going to tell you a few tricks of my own that helped me get over that particular roadblock. Also, make sure to tune into next week's episode with guest Catherine Locke, whom I also posed this question to. First of all, realize that perfection is never attained, and I do mean never. No author I know ever reads their finalized printed books. There's a few reasons for that. Inevitably, mistakes do sneak into finished versions of books. Typos, small mistakes, even misspellings do occasionally slip past the entire team of professionals whose job it is to make sure that doesn't happen. It's a fact of life. My biggest flub? 
In the hardcover edition of Not a Drop to Drink, there's a line of dialogue attributed to a character who is dead. But that's not the only reason why we don't pick up those lovely finished books, except to smell them. I totally smell my own books. The truth is that the path of publication is a long road. We are usually on the road promoting books that we wrote 18 months to two years ago and typically haven't touched the text in at least a year. Honestly, we've grown in that year as writers. We've got another year of experience under our belts, and when we crack that spine, we say things we would have done differently. Fact. When I do a reading, I'm never reciting from the page. If you were following along, you would see that I'm editing as I go, dropping a paragraph here, adjusting a sentence there, or tweaking some dialogue on the fly. I'm fixing it as I go, fixing the finalized product. All of this might make you feel better. Writers are never satisfied with their own stuff, but I realize it's not particularly helpful as a guide to push you through a first draft. Twice now, I've heard authors share this piece of advice. I can't edit nothing. Truth. Middle grade author Liesl Shirtliff said this in her episode, and Catherine Locke's upcoming episode echoes that. You can't fix what you haven't written yet. Get it out. Get it down. Throw those bones on the page and put the flesh on later. My particular process involves writing linearly, shoving forward to the bitter end and revising later. New and younger writers make the mistake of reading their work from the beginning every time, only adding new words when they get to the end of what they've already delivered. This is a mistake. For one thing, you're going to suck the life and vitality out of those first few pages, going over them so often that the hair falls out. Second, you're going to get sick of your own stuff fairly quickly. Avoid this by only reading what you wrote the day before. I crack out anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 words a day when I'm drafting, closing the computer and calling it quits once I hit the word count goal. The next day, I read what I wrote, fixing very minor things, misspellings, word repetitions, etc., the most basic of basics. Then I surge ahead. Some writers I know don't even read what they wrote the day before, or refuse to scroll backwards for even something like a character or place name. So, for example, if you're moving right along and realize you forgot the best friend's little sister's name, don't put the brakes on. Momentum is important, and once built, easy to break. Instead, use brackets when you hit these bumps. Put something like little sister's name in brackets and keep going. Brackets are easy to find in the document later with a simple search, and you can fix it when your brain isn't worrying away at your plot. I even know writers who write notes to themselves such as, put something funny here fix this dialogue, or give this guy a cat, in brackets. Then they keep going. It bears repeating that you can't fix what you haven't written yet. Many people say that editing is the real work of writing. Drafting is just the first step. Get that first step under your belt before jumping to the second. If you have a suggestion for something you'd like me to address in a monthly roundup dealing with writing, publishing, or questions for me in general, feel free to ask. Email me at mindy at mindymcginnis.com or ask me on Twitter. Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire is produced by Mindy McGinnis. Music by Jack Corbel. If you find the podcast or blog helpful, please consider making a donation by visiting gofundme.com and searching for Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire. Or visit the blog by going to writerwriterpantsonfire.blogspot.com. Click on the podcast tab and then the PayPal button. I'm your host, Mindy McGinnis. Join me next week for another episode of Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire. 
where writers talk about things that never happened to people that don't exist. 